Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Shop Class Podcast. Season 2, the experiment continues, and this is episode 2. We bring back a guest from one of the season 1 episodes, uh, Kay Witt, who is a woods teacher who works closely with uh, Ron. And we bring on a new guest who is an English teacher who works closely with me. Uh, what you're about to hear is a little bit of a collaboration project that took place uh, across three classrooms, technically three content areas, and provide a meaningful and uh, wonderful opportunity for our students to explore technical writing, to explore communication challenges, to explore uh, even just the basic box woodworking project. So. Take a listen. I know you'll enjoy it. All right. Welcome to the Shop Teacher Podcast with Mr. G and Mr. Barbacek. In the district we work in, yeah, uh, you know, KWIT really saved us because we had no shop teacher and we had an open position. So he really came in and was like rookie of the year. So oh. it's I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to have uh, Kay w- with us, and he has stepped up and also joined the, the shop teacher social media. Kay Witt, uh, also known as Kevin Witt. If you want to find him on Instagram, it's Kay Witt Woodworks. K-W-I-T-W-O-O-D-W-O-R-K-S. If you want to hear more about his backstory refer back to episode seven where he agreed to come on and talk to us as a first year shop teacher so we're talking to him during this and he's just wrapping up his second year and i gotta say the guy's got some like a veteran uh i don't know expertise already it's impressive the guy's really cool uh so i'm just giving him he's, he's mr humble i'm just giving him the shout out that that i think he deserves right now so uh, check him out on Instagram. Uh, get the backstory on that episode, which, by the way, that episode, I tried to get a soundbite from it, and that episode is all over the place. Um, so put it on, like, when you're, like, in the garage, ready to tune in and out as you kind of, like, putts. Uh, but tune in when k talking, because uh, he might be the smartest person on that podcast. Anyways, enjoy the rest of this episode. project which is a picture frame um, then I moved into making a box because my philosophy is most of carpentry is boxes and frames can be broken down into those components I guess out of my frustration with the first project of being continually asked what's next what's what do I do next what do I do next and realizing how important instructions are reading instructions following instructions written that my next project before we even started building we do a drawing, basic drawing, uh, orthographic on pencil and paper. And then I had them, as I did my demos in class, I told them, I want you guys to write in your own words, your instructions, so you can follow this as the project goes along. And it's not like, Mr. Witt, what do I do next? Mr. Witt, what do I do next? You know, try to be self-sufficient. The toy cars, I put the instructions all up on the board. That's oh, the okay. Project. That's the precursor where can they read and follow my instructions, which is different. Like I'm writing my instructions from my point of view, 
Um, the box is more of like the instructions from their point of view. I do the in-class demo of each. I try to break it down by steps, you know, kind of in class. And I try to tell them, take notes and write this in your own words. You know, first we're going to the table saw to rip cut. Then we're going to the miter saw to cross cut. You know, include all the dimensions, include the machines. Like that's, that's how I want, you know, they're supposed to derive their instructions from my demos or my lecture. Oh, I see. Okay. This is a great snapshot of KWIT's curriculum where KWIT uh, uses a lot of boxes and frames because those are repeated a lot in woodworking and the toy car and he really focuses on that communication component. So as we just heard him explain, he runs a toy car project, models the, you know, the communication component and then in the later projects um, has the students work on them pretty much providing their own communication to themselves note note taking in a way you could think of it um so pretty cool uh, pretty cool snapshot of another woodworking teacher uh, and the content they run they had to complete the instructions before they started the project oh okay kind of like their their ticket to get their piece of wood to get started that was the first generation of that, you know, um, project. And then when I came to this year, when I knew I wanted to do it again and I wanted to kind of refine that really just looked sitting around eating dinner one night. I'm like, this would be cool to try to tie in or try to connect with some other people. And, and how do I present this lesson and try to say, well, try to use just your words to build something and not use any drawings or not use any YouTube videos or anything like that. How can we just use our words and our written language to write a set of instructions and then try to pitch it. So saying, if you're giving this to another woodworking class of, you know, say your age or your beginning level to somebody else, they can be able to duplicate what you've done. And then that's kind of the genesis of the whole project. That was my, that was the impetus of that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. that's probably about the time you called me and said, let's try this. I said, sure. Um, and knowing the uh, whole words component that you just spoke of, I reached out to the person I know most passionate about words, uh, Miss Miller there. Uh, and once I sent that file to you, you actually took it a different direction than I was expecting. But you want to explain what you did once you received the document uh, that Kay Witt had his student for us? Well, um, this past school year, I was able to get a class of just technical writing, so it wasn't literature-based. Uh, for the students who um, are more hands-on, they could uh, use words to kind of connect to their passions a little more. Um, and Because we're a small school, all of them take shafts, and, well, almost all of them take shafts. Um, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of uh, cash in on those, those interests. So when uh, Mr. Barbercheck sent me the plans, um, I presented it as kind of an interpretation challenge, uh, following directions and then uh, clarifying, I guess, where needed. So I had a class of 16 and they broke them up into four separate groups and they worked together to 
uh, interpret the directions that were sent to us, the plans that were sent to us, um, and try to implement or clarify them and then share with the other groups what they had. Okay. And then so they, they each got an, this image that is um, on screen right now. And wherever they had questions, they tried to fill in the blanks based hmm. on the um, actual plans. So, uh, I'm having issues with my microphone. Hopefully the audio doesn't uh, sound horrible, as well as uh, I'm getting used to this whole editing thing. So bear with me. But uh, Miss Miller, all right, full disclosure, she's my girlfriend. But um, despite all that, and also part of the reason she became my girlfriend is because she's a pretty kick-ass English teacher. So pretty cool at... You know, as much as she loves literature, not just pushing the literature down the throats, working with kids, working with their interests. And um, so just kind of a shout out for the humbleness that, that she also has. And as well as kind of a segue into um, Kevin's about to talk about what, uh, how he kind of chose the instructions he sent us. So remember we're reviewing instructions for a box that his one of his students wrote sent them to miss miller miss miller has her students reviewing these instructions inferring from them what they can and rewriting those instructions having those students trade the instructions and as you're about to hear then they head down to my shop and build It was definitely a better example, A, for it was a uh, female. She had good handwriting, very, she had very good penmanship. Um, she did, you know, one of my better students. I, you know, I did, I did want to pick that best example out and I really tried my best not to interfere with their directions as much as possible. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a, of a stopgap or a gateway to handing them the wood and letting, letting them go crazy to start making. But, um, uh, you know, I really, you know, I really didn't want to interfere too much with their writing. Okay. This is, uh, I guess what Ron, uh, Kevin had sent me. Um, and I could, yeah, it's totally student work. Um, and definitely, I, I, I'd see what you mean, Kevin. It's not spoon fed instructor, um, content, it is student content. And, um, and then Shannon, you, tell us more like you had them uh, clarify so they were in a way rewriting the instructions yeah the, the kids that were the least confident um with the whole woodworking aspect of it just tried to copy word for word and from an outsider like i'm obviously not a shop teacher so um it was kind of nice to be able to be that kind of bridge between knowing and not knowing so if there was um, a gap that I noticed a lot of the other groups were uh, picking up on that a certain group did not, maybe through just trying to get it done or not understanding or not catching it or whatever, I was able to then ask them questions to kind of motivate them to, to um, notice that and find a way to fill in that gap themselves. That's yeah. pretty cool. On my end, yeah. 
Oh, sorry, Ron, but I'm oh, just saying I allowed a bit of the copying, if you want to call that, um, I guess as a part or an attempt of my differentiation for the students, because I know some of them are, you know, their English skills are lacking, even, you know, maybe they're second language learners or something like that. Um, but to me, sometimes I, I try not to dwell on that. That's kind of like an English exercise, which I understand we need in shop class to kind of tie that in, but I didn't want to dwell on it too much for the guys who were struggling because to me, the instruction set, even if they didn't write it, if they did copy it, I needed them to understand and follow as the project went on when they actually hands-on were using the wood and putting everything together. And then they had came to me with a question. I'd always be like, refer to your instructions. Let's go look at your instructions and do that. Even if they copied it, still they're still involved and they're still using those instructions reading whatever like that i didn't want to get them too frustrated on writing and stuff like that i mean it, i did want them to attempt as best as they could i didn't want to dwell on it especially if a like you said they're not really that interested or b if it's really a, a weak point of theirs is written language or, or anything like that so and is that before the the the, the project you do where you have it all written out with uh, steps or is that after after so it's okay kind of so like, yeah yeah okay so they go through the they go through the steps with you you have these beautiful graphics on the board like this is the you know you almost like drafting but full like maybe 10 times the size on a board or something not 10 times maybe three times the size and then um uh they go through that project and after this now no instructions on the board but uh but they watch as you go through the steps and then they have to interpret that is that right yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, that's pretty cool. And did you see, uh, now what was the difference and where did, uh, you know, Shannon, how did you uh, get involved with that? You cleaned up the language and work with some people to interpret it? Yeah, I tried to make it an exercise in communication, like being able to effectively communicate via writing and being able to fill in the gaps out loud. So groups um, rewrote the directions together, but then the groups swapped. So they had to follow each other's uh. directions. Okay. Um, so that was that was interesting, and it gave them a a good opportunity to uh, communicate with each other in a professional way. Like, hey, I don't understand what you wrote for step number three. Um, can you explain it to me a little more? Oh. Yeah. Then, forgive me if if you went over that part. I was just trying to focus and understand exactly how you guys did it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, it's good because there's other people listening from the outside. You know where you're still deep in the forest ourselves good that you question us on that run so right. um now i want to talk about that phase where the kids were rewriting the instructions that kevin's student had provided us um i i feel like a couple of the instructions downgraded from the original would you agree definitely did definitely did um it's like the telephone game it, it really was. And there were some other factors. Um, Kevin, you mentioned that you had a student who was female, so she had good handwriting. I think I don't think that did her any favors with my mostly male population who were like, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> um, so that I had to, you know, remind them like, okay, um, you guys are Googling what a curve cut is. Um, so that was a... <laughs> That was a kind of a thing for them too. Like nobody knows everything. 
you got to be, you know, a little more understanding, have some empathy. Uh, just because she's got she, we didn't know it was a she at the time, but they were assuming it was a she. Um, just because it's a she doesn't mean she doesn't know what she's talking about. Listen to me, you're a female teacher telling you just because she's a she doesn't mean she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, but some of the, there was a, a group that, because they didn't know what a curve cut was, decided they were going to redo the plans completely, and they did like this plot cut. Yeah. Everybody, and it was, it, it got kind of weird, but it was really <laughs> fun to watch them kind of communicate through that. Wait, so let me ask you a question. So. Once you guys worked on it, and Shannon, in your class, then was it brought over to Barbacek's class? And did you make the thing? Or is that, was that not part of the circle? Oh! <laughs> um, we That's were the thing! <laughs> I had uh, the class at the same time that uh, Mr. Barbacek was having open shop hours. So I was able to oh. do class down there. So we were able to do kind of an English shop class mashup for a couple weeks. Yeah, that so is so cool. This was a lot of fun for me uh, because I don't. I, I really enjoy just running the shop. I enjoy self-sufficient students, you know. And I, 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 I really enjoy the moments with advanced students, especially where you're just running around and you're like almost cleaning up the sawdust after them, and they're running their own show. And this was like one of the closer times I got to be at that point where I just, you know, making sure no one, you know just doing my safety checks and my cleanup checks uh, and they were pretty self-sufficient. Um, I will say there's a few, I had a few kind of, uh, I guess you could say epiphanies during this whole project. One, I thought it was really interesting that kids didn't know what a curve cut was, um, even though some of them used it before, but it was never deliberate vocabulary that I had instructed, obviously. Um, if a lot of students didn't know what it was. So that was kind of an eye opener for me to be able to see the gaps in my instruction through this project. Um, obviously the teamwork's always fun to watch or lack of teamwork. Uh, and then I will say, yeah, the, the judgment of a, a peer student doing something, you know, uh, who, who may be a female was surprising that it was as strong as it was, or didn't they get in a little turf battle because they spelled Kurt, she spelled curf wrong. <laughs> It's possible. I, I, I find it kind of interesting too. I mean, um, the, the, you know, this is the first time we're really kind of talking about it. And, um, you know, like you said, your students were already, I don't know what they're talking about. So I don't know what level your students were at. Like if they, if this was their first year shop or second year shop, all my students, I mean, my class is an intro to woodworking. So this is the first time really they've done anything. It was the first time these kids have had a screw gun in their hand, um, pretty much anything. And with the language with that, I mean, we went over what a dado is. Mm -hmm. And I, I was either accepting with them when I talked to them, I'm like, it's either a dado or a curve cut, whatever you want to write down. Um, and, you know, so I got mixed results there. Some kids are writing curve cut, you know, C-U-R-V-E. Oh, interesting. From my speech, they, they interpret it as a curve cut, but, it, you know, it's a curve cut. Um, but you know, that's, that's, uh, like I said, it, it really is, they really don't know what they're talking about in a way. I mean, yeah. they, they are correct. They don't, but this is the process. This is the, the, you know, the whole, this is the journey that they're, they're trying to get through and, and, and work out those things. And like I said, the more important things to me that I 
find myself repeating the most is what machine are you going to? What is that machine called? Not just the machine that cuts wood. It's, you know, that's a table saw or that's a miter saw. You got it. And then what, what, what cut are you performing? Is it a cross cut? Is it a rip cut? Is it a curve? You know, like just trying to get them, like you said, that communication to another person far away, you know, not just cut the wood to nine and a half. That doesn't tell me anything. That doesn't help me out. You know, we really got to be specific. We got to include all those details because that's, you know, the, the devil's in the details, right? That, that saying, if that's really where hopefully they learn, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, totally. So let me, oh, sorry. Okay. So speaking of not knowing, okay. So forgive me. Okay. The curve cut is referring to the width that the blade takes up. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And okay. In the box for, for the, our box project, um, the curve cut, the, the piece of material we used for the bottom piece, the masonite is pretty much exactly the same width of a table saw blade or a miter saw blade. So all we have to do is make that curve cut, make that groove using just the table saw blade and that piece of uh, material will just slide right in. Oh, it's the slot that fits with the masonite on the bottom as close, close to the bottom. Exactly. Of the box. I totally get it now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but the cult, I love what you guys are doing. It's the, it's the ability to immerse yourself in the culture of the tools and, and being correct with the name. So when they walk into the next step in their life, if, if they come across someone who's already immersed themselves in that, it's, they're not starting from zero. They can actually speak the language. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, so I'll get into the, I guess, uh, the climax of the story here was when students started building it. Um, and yeah, we did have the student who, the, the group who didn't know what a curve cut was, or I, I don't know if they didn't fully understand how the rabbit joint was done. So they just made up their own joint. Um, and I, I, I guess you could say it was a tongue and groove joints, what they made up, but it was way overcomplicated, the situation. <laughs> Uh, and the head engineer behind that was absent when it came time to build this. Um, and so they're looking at me for instruction and I'm playing dumb. I'm playing, I, you know, um, I, you know, I'm only, I'm going off your instructions. What do you mean? Like you're coming to me for instruction. Um, and so that was really interesting to watch. Some students did really good. I mean, it came out to a plan, but I, I don't, you know, Shannon's got a box down there and I got one here. I'm looking at it. Um, one thing that happened uh, as a communication gap via game of telephone, you could say, was the rabbit joint got reversed, like the depth and the width of it um, yeah. got reversed on a couple of them. And so I think I don't think any two of these boxes came out the same. And <laughs> um, and so that was interesting as well. Did uh, did you guys recap this? Did you guys do a closure unit on this, Shannon? Or I know it was near the end of the year. It was kind of busy, but um, we didn't really get to. Uh, fully, um, because yeah, it was the end of the year, and then there was you know track season, so half my class was gone, and it was kind of just hanging out by the skin of our teeth to the end of the school year. Totally, um, but uh, but overall, I really enjoyed. Yeah, Kaywood's got his box too there. Um, <laughs> I don't have a box. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like the the actual finished product they come up with, they do the lid and everything. I would just. I wanted to start small with, with yeah. this whole experiment. And like I said, the bo whole box part, you know, I think it was the meat and potatoes of it is doing the box, you know? Yeah. It definitely 
I definitely knew that 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 rabbit joint was probably what they struggled most with how to describe how thick that tongue was where is that tongue you know we were doing it on a router table you don't have to do it on a router table somebody sure. else can do it on a totally different tool yep. you know so that was yeah that was definitely a little sketchy there but you know it, it yeah is what it is. well and there should be those hiccups i mean because in actuality an engineer could you know right draw something on paper and how many times um, does that paper hit the shop floor and we realized uh you know it worked great on paper but not here uh, and so we have to have those conversations of our plant doesn't have a router table. We have to have those conversations of, uh, you know, uh, you guys use shoulder or depth, the, the word depth, but we use the word depth for the, the word shoulder, you know, um, those, those moments of clarification with the different, different languages you could say that are out there. So we got a few minutes left here. What, um, and this is a pretty cool challenge. One shop student from an, one program sending plans to a, other shop students in another shop program, um, and then only communicating through that written language. Uh, what do what do we want to do? We want to evolve this idea. What do we want to do next with this? How do we want to make it? I want to do it in metal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ron wants to do it in metal. Kevin, I think this you? is cool. What a cool project you guys did. I, I didn't even know this was going on. I, I heard something about, you know, I don't know if the auto barber check we do, we do our, our podcast, but um, Kaywitz right next door, literally in the workshop and then the other, and then Shannon and I see on social media, you guys do stuff. And so I had no idea what was going on. This is cool. You know, what it's collaboration with other teachers has probably been one of the most exciting things in the last couple of years of, you know, uh, shop teachers connecting with social media and stuff. And so th this is a cool thing you guys set up. I'm really glad. And I'm so glad you involved like an English teacher, you know? Uh, from my end, what I think too, um, you know, it's exactly the collaboration with the other teachers. Cause in a way I'm just like, it was just my idea with these instructions. It's just my opinion on things being a first year or a second year teacher. And uh, so I have that. And my, doing the right thing or is it just it's just a, is this silly am I not taking it far enough what you know like there's all those what ifs that you think about and it's really cool to bounce those ideas off other people and see that yeah you know what this is kind of an important lesson this is something you know that you know we're, we're going down the right path now you know obviously not all they're not always perfect lessons on the first you know first shot I mean there's definitely a lot of refinement but I think, yeah, it's definitely going down the right path. And it's something, you know, I would like to keep keep working on and keep hammering out and uh, and try to, you know, like you guys got to it at the end of the year. I understand you have your own curriculum. You got your own stuff going on. But maybe somehow we can plan it a little bit better or, or something where um, we can follow through on that. And like I showed a couple of my kids the picture that you showed me. But I think they had kind of forgotten all about it already year um yeah. so probably wouldn't have excited them as much but maybe a little uh keeping it a little closer together maybe the, the, getting the feedback in there maybe it might be a little more exciting for them might make them buy into it a little bit more but at least now i have this year's experiment to show next year's class so they actually see that i'm not just making things up and pretending that this is actually happening but it is it's a real thing you know so i think that's cool yeah, totally. I think that's all. I think it'd be exciting to get, have it going a little more two way um, as well, where we run a, you know, maybe uh, Miss Miller and I have students write 
plans for, for a frame and you guys get the frame plans and we get the box plans. Um, and then I think it'd be cool as a final recap to have the students connect and, um, and, and uh, digitally or whatever and just say, oh, that's what you guys meant or this was an, a source of confusion or whatever, you know. So I think it's, it's a pretty cool idea. Um, it's communication, communication with impact. I, I think it's kind of undersold how important that is in, in the manufacturing world. And in the, I mean, if you're a general contractor, your ability to communicate with your, with your clients about what you're doing to their house clearly uh, so people can visualize it is, is a super powerful attribute. Um, same if you're, if you're plant manufacturing widgets and it's frustrating when you're in the shop, you're working with kids who, who want to, yeah, use that thing over there to do this. Uh, and you're like, I don't know what this thing is or what that is, you know, what, <laughs> you know, what tool, what operation, come on, give me specifics. So I think this was a great exercise. I loved what your student did write down. Um, and I think that set a good example to my students for my expectations of what I, I have for them for communication. So, um, so yeah. So you guys will, you guys think you'll run it again next year? I'm up for it, you know. Yeah, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I, I agree with Kevin that if we can get the timing a little more seamless, that would be better. Um, and then, yeah, I'd be open. I don't know if any other shop teachers listening to this um, would like to dive in on something like this as well. But I, I think you could involve uh, a multitude of programs. You know, it, it could it could be scaled up or left where it's at and still be a very positive impact. So, any closing yeah. thoughts? Uh, we got like about a minute here of recording okay. time. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I would just wonder, uh, I, maybe I missed an email or anything like that. I would love to see some of uh, Shannon's students' instructions. I've seen the box, the picture of the box. I haven't seen any written instructions. I would okay. like, thrilled to see some of that. So Yeah, we got that. We'll get that. We'll, maybe we'll post that in the show notes too. Um, the but picture cool. of the boxes and the notes and everything else. So. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. And if there's a metal shop teacher out there or barber check, you want to work on something, I'll do, I'll do, I'll try this. And a box is not a bad idea. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah. And we did do the small engine video once we had, remember when my students were, um, yeah. uh, that, you know, that's a window of opportunity shop teachers can think about is, is videoing in a group of students. Well, that was an abrupt ending. What actually happened there was uh, our recording limit was reached for Zoom. We were doing this on Zoom. We are still working on a video edition. Um, again, part of the learning curve. The experiment continues. Thank you for listening to season two, episode two about connecting content areas. And I hope that has inspired you to consider ideas that do something similar. And if you have ideas, thoughts, inputs, or you've done something similar that you would like to share, please remember you're not bragging, you're inspiring. So let us know about it so we can get it out there. You can contact us most easily through Instagram, shop class podcast, Instagram page, Mr. G's workshop and jack of all learning periods between the words is where i am at you can shoot shop class podcast at gmail.com in email and uh we hope to hear from you soon thank you again for listening and i hope you guys 
keep at least the shop teachers out there keep doing what you're doing and if you're a non-shop teacher the fact that you're listening to this shows that you're supportive to to our mission so you also keep doing what you're doing and we'll have a new episode on the 26th of november to release this one will the harbor freight tools for schools just announced this year's winners and one of the things they don't um tell you up front about that prize they might imply it but not explicitly anyways is um they fly the winners out to a conference at least they did last year so i guess i shouldn't speak for them and that was probably worth just as much as the prize money so next month you'll hear kind of my updates from that conference that took place over the summer um and reporting back to ron during the conference so we'll kind of have a highlight reel of that um awesome uh, life-changing opportunity that they provided for me so We will see you then.